0: Hey guys, it's Tim. Some of you guys may know me as the Trivia Guy, but uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Issue. Check us out three days a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoy it, tell a friend. You know, spread it around. If not, not a huge deal. Just don't listen again. Uh, We appreciate you guys stopping by, though, and, uh, and checking us out, but be sure to also check out the social media outlets. We have Twitter, at The Issue Podcast, and our Instagram, at The Underscore Issue Podcast. Thank you guys again for listening.
1: Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It's Sunday, May 2nd, um, and we are back with another episode here. A lot has happened since we have last released our episode. We have the NFL Draft.
0: Steelers did well, in my oh, yeah. opinion. love their picks. We're um, going to talk about it. I We think that it was awesome. But, yeah, a lot has happened uh, since we were last on with Jordan and Jared there. It was a good last episode. So It was really good. Um, go back, check that out.
1: Uh, you know, we'll be trying to get more people on from that situation, maybe talk about it a little bit more. See so uh, how it
0: progresses. Right now, a uh, little, little update. Like, not much, really. The school just... Uh, kind of not really saying much.
1: No, yeah, they won't really say anything. Um, uh, you know, coach Casper released the letter that the school sent him. Yeah. Um, and then the lawyer for um uh, the you know, Asian American uh student that was hazed. Oh, okay. Uh came out and said like, yo, this never happened at football. Yeah, like, like this wasn't a football it was a, issue. It was a, it was a school issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll update you more as we get more information on that and try to get more sources on to talk about it. But for now, the Steelers drafted and they drafted well. First picking Najee Harris out of Alabama. Great addition to the run game. Uh, I think that's an amazing pick. I think that's really
0: where you had to go first. Uh, Yeah, I agree. So we talked um, last episode how I thought Alex Leatherwood would would be a a pretty good pick. Um, I thought he would have provided value at 24. He was already gone at at 17 to the Raiders who we're going to talk about other people in the draft here, after we talk about the series, I think it was reach, but we'll get to that. Um, but I, I like the pick with Najee. I think you get good value at 24 there. And the thing about about Najee Harris combined with what we already have in the run game is people, people want to say, oh, well, you need linemen or else he can't run anyway. And, like, so with the people we have now, I beg to differ because now we have Najee Harris, who's a big bruising back, Benny Snell, who isn't the biggest guy, but he runs hard. By the fourth quarter, I don't care what your lines looking like. Those linebackers are going to be sick and tired of having to tackle Najee Harris. He's a truck. Yeah, him and Benny Snell are going to come up. They're going to meet you in the hole. They're going to put their head down. They're going to get extra yardage on every play. By the third, fourth quarter, those linebackers do not want to come up and tackle them. The play action—they're going to have to commit bodies to the box by the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. That's when you take the pressure off Ben. He can play action very low pressure on him which is what Ben needs to to succeed. I like to pick a lot. Exactly, and that's really
1: what he was missing last year. I mean, look, yeah, Ben's aging and he definitely doesn't seem to be the same quarterback that he was earlier in his career, but that's fine. Um you just have to scheme the right guys around him to kind of fill in for what he's going to be lacking now, right? Ben's not going to be the type of quarterback that can sit back and throw the ball 40 to 45 times a game. Like, you, you can't do that when you're that old, and, and you've played that long of a career. Yeah. So, I mean, being bottom of the league the last three years in the run game with James Connor, yeah, that's going to, one, it's going to age Ben faster that way. Two, it's going to make him look a lot worse than he really is. So, I think the addition of Najee, you, you have somebody that's going to give you the ball. I think we rushed for, like, nine yards in one of the
0: games last year. That's like, 100% plausible. I remember... We would go through the games and we would say, "Why do the Steelers only run the ball eleven times in one game?" Yeah, and Ben would drop back like sixty-two times. Mm-hmm. Like that's absurd—sixty-two like, times against the Cleveland Browns that game we lost in the uh, the wild card round. Not only are you aging his arm by dropping back that many times and having to throw that many times, that's putting him in the line of fire more. He, he's going right? to. You hit. you want to have him go against Miles Garrett and jadavian Clowney sixty-two times a game, or how about twenty-six times a game? Yeah, like how 26. about he drops back 26 to 32 times a game instead of 50 to 60 times a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then also some people want to talk about drops. Yeah, technically by percentage, we had the most drops in the league, but also they had so many so many opportunities, right? right. Like you increase the opportunities, you're going to increase the drops. So I think it it makes the offense more efficient when you can run the football. I 100% agree. Um especially effectively like Najee is going yeah. to be able to do. Like,
1: you can catch it out of the backfield, too. Great run blocker, or um, pass blocker, I'm sorry. And a nice check down target, too. Really nice. Like in the flat. And yeah. even the addition of Pat Frayermuth. It was our second round pick. Steelers yeah, Steelers went out and got a tight end from Penn State, which you actually kind of predicted when we were. Yeah, looking I said the Steelers I, I wouldn't draft. be
0: surprised. I love the pick. I thought Brevin Jordan would have been a would have been a really good pick, but he's less physical. And the more I think about it, I like the Freermuth pick a lot. And he run blocks. Run blocks, very blocks well. really, I was
1: just about to say yeah. that he's going to be able to supplement
0: Najee and really help push him downfield. Um, so I call me crazy, right? I people are saying you need this and this and this to win a championship. Like the Steelers don't have it. I'm not saying they're going to win a championship, right? I'm not going to overreact to a draft class like that. But with the pieces that they've added, I don't think it's crazy to say that they're a top 6 to 7 team, right? So think about when Brady has been aging, right? I'm not comparing Tom Brady to Ben Roethlisberger. Brady's way – he's a better quarterback, period. Mm-hmm. Has been, will be. Just he's the GOAT, period. Right. But when he was aging, they built a really good defense, a really strong run game. Had a big physical tight end who can catch passes down the seam, big red zone target. Now we have Pat Friermuth, Gronk, right? right? You have a big back, and you have a running back by committee. You have – well uh, Najee will get the majority of the carries, but then you have Snell, you have Samuels. You can give them different looks. Mm-hmm. You have a deep wide receiving core and a really good slot um, core with Juju uh, heading the slot core, um, which is exactly what Brady had with Edelman, Welker. You can go back to anyone he had. Really good slot receivers, good running game, really good tight end, and a great defense and a defensive head coach. I'm not saying Tomlin's Belichick either, but they have a lot of the same pieces now when you add a really good back and a great tight end. Yeah, they do.
1: Um, And I think tight end was one of our team needs that we needed to go out and fulfill right away in the draft. I said that in our mock draft. Eric Ebron wasn't getting it done. And, yeah, you can point to the the drops – and that's a that's a big factor, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, you're throwing the ball more, but, I mean, you watch this guy, and it almost seems like 50% of the balls that hit him in the hands, he drops.
0: Yeah, it was it was, almost like you're holding your breath when it was thrown to him. Yeah. And if you're holding your breath when it's thrown to someone, that's how you know. It's like, eh, that's just not that good. Exactly. Like, think about the greats, Randy Moss. You're never holding your breath when it goes up to Randy Moss. No. The other team is holding their breath. You're not. You're like, oh, pfft. Randy's down there. He's fine. he got it. Obviously, again, not saying Pat Furmuth is Randy Moss, but I don't want to be holding my breath every time I see the ball thrown to Ebron, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and people bang on Juju for his drops. He was the best on the team. Like I don't hold my breath when it goes to Juju at all. No. Deontay Johnson needs to figure his stuff out. I think he will. A little bit of a sophomore slump there, but I think he'll be fine next year. I like I like our uh, our weapons.
1: Yeah, we do have good rep, uh, weapons for like an aging Ben, which is, you know that's the best possible case scenario when you have an older quarterback just take pressure off of them uh I, I do like the picks on the offensive line though and i do think they'll really be able to help ben look it's really hard to replace a, a pro bowl like a, a hall of fame snapper or
0: center, center yeah, Marquise like, Pouncey. Like Marquise Pouncey. yeah you, you just don't you don't just go find another another no. hall of Fame center no They don't grow on trees. You don't go find another Hall of Fame left tackle either. We we didn't have anyway. But, like, those are the type of positions you just don't – they don't grow on trees. You know what I mean? And I like these next two picks because we got guys that are experienced. Kendrick Green from Illinois, he's a guard. We drafted him in the third round, number 87 overall. He's a physical guy. He can run block really well. And I like that because the scheme um, that the Steelers run – He's very active with guards. you got to be able to get out and pull. you gotta, you got to be a lead blocker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was watching a lot of tape on him just on the draft network there. They were showing it. This dude's a road grader. They do. They he moves really bodies. Really good. Moves bodies, mm-hmm. that Kendrick Green. And then that uh, Dan Moore, Jr., offensive tackle from Texas A&M. We took him 128th overall in the fourth round. Really good pass pressure. He's a big body. Yeah, big I like body.
1: that Big body. Um, You know, you were talking about Alex Leatherwood and how that's one of the guys that you would have really liked to get. I see a lot of similarities between those two, though. Between Dan Moore and and, and Alex Leatherwood? In their run blocking, that they just take that dude and blow him off the ball and just... Like, I was watching the one, and he's like literally just has him by like the insides of the he just, just shoulder picks pads him up. and just like pushing him. Like, yeah. the play is already like at least 30 yards away from where he's yeah. at, and he's, and he's just still blocking his, him down
0: the field. He's finishing his block. It's It'll, very, it's very Pittsburgh. I feel like the first four picks are very Pittsburgh. Four physical, tough guys in the room. I, couldn't be happier about the first four picks.
1: And that's really what you have to get back to if you're the Steelers, is just doing what has worked. What has Pittsburgh football always been about? It's been punching you in the mouth with the run game, and then as soon as you've been punched in the mouth with the run game and you can't, and you, they're just so blown back off their feet, that's when you start hitting them over the top. And yeah. You take start taking your shots, start using your weapons, and just keep grinding yeah. that other team right out of your city. Yeah, I agree. Pittsburgh when, does best.
0: When Ben won both of his Super Bowls, he was not the feature on the team. He no. was not the star Matt Patrick Mahomes quarterback. He was not the the guy making 40-some million, right? He was a guy that, not a game manager, but he was, you know, off play action. Um, you know, he wasn't forced to carry the load. When he was at his best was when he didn't throw 60 times. It was when he threw closer to 30 times, more like 25 to 30. And, uh and when he had a, a good run game, right, that's when he, when he won his two Super Bowls. Think about since then. We've had, what, like three playoff wins, and it's like Blake Bortles, Matt Moore, and Alex Smith. Right. That's since Ben started throwing like 40, 60 times the game. 40 to 60 times the game. And once our Period. run game started going out the window a little yeah. bit, and the whole drama thing with Le'Veon Bell. and Oh, God, that was brutal. Those were about a bad couple of years. But yeah. we got Najee Harris. Um, then Pat Freemuth, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore. Those are our first four picks. And then later in the fourth round, Pick 140. We took an inside linebacker, Buddy Johnson, from Texas a and I do like that. See, I like taking these. Okay, I, you can make a case that quarterbacks from the SEC generally don't work. If you look statistically speaking, like look around the league right now, there's not a lot of SEC quarterbacks succeeding, right? You have like Lamar with Louisville. Like You wouldn't expect yeah. that. Um, you have Patrick
1: Monsworth. Um, Patrick
0: Monsworth, Texas Tech, Big Ben Miami of Ohio, um, you know, even jo- Michigan with Brady. Even you know. Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen, Wyoming. Um, Justin Herbert, Oregon. Like, you usually don't get a lot of SEC quarterbacks. But when you're talking about, like, tough positions like linebacker, line, the SEC is where you go. Exactly. That's where you go. So inside linebacker from a and M, I I love the pick. So you watched a lot more SEC football. Did you see um, any highlights of him?
1: I did watch, like, you know, the highlights that they were showing during yeah. the draft. Uh, he looks really good. I went and did my own research on him. Really fast and plugs the holes really well. Yeah. Um, So he's more of, I'd say, a run stopper for sure. He's built like it. He's he's fast. He can get to the point of attack and just absolutely obliterate the ball carrier.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I think he provides really good depth.
1: Well, you know, it was funny because most of his highlights that I was watching were against Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. I'm a big Kentucky football fan, and I mean, I'm just watching him
0: just absolutely destroy these dudes. Like it's he, not even that. He, he looked physically better than a lot of people. I think he still has some work to do technically. But, like I said, I think he's going to be a big depth piece. So he's going to have time to work in kind of slower. Right. And Vince Williams is aging. And uh, so I don't think it's a bad idea to go out and get yourself an inside linebacker. Um, all right, next pick. Round 5, 156th overall. Um, so we got this pick from Dallas. Uh, we traded uh, up, I guess. Um, Isaiah Milk. Yeah, milk. He's a defensive tackle from Wisconsin. I don't know anything about him. I have not seen any film on him, but I will say, Wisconsin, tough guys. Big body. J.J. Watt went there. Defensive tackle. You know, that they generally breed some tough dudes. So I, I don't mind the pick at all. You got a big frame, too. Yeah, I like it. Um, how about round six, number two sixteen overall? Linebacker Quincy Roche out of Miami. He's more of a, of a Edge rusher, right? I think more of an edge rusher type player. Let's see here. So uh, this is a little scouting report. His strength, he's durable, reliable, and productive. Um, Twenty-six sacks over three years at Temple, so I like that. And thirty-nine and a half tackles for loss. Uh, very good hands at the at the point of um, when whenever we I don't even know what that's called. Point of attack, I guess. When you yeah. when engage the the right. offensive lineman, right? Um, evidently, he stays low on the edge to kind of swoop under the tackle there. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to work. He's a little thin in his lower body, and he's not as explosive as they would like him to be. And he looked ineffective and dull against Virginia Tech offensive tackle Christian Dariusaw, who's a first-round pick. So that doesn't look great when you when you don't look um, that good against top talent. But, again, he's your sixth-round pick. He's going to have time to develop. I like that he went to Miami. So um, he went to Temple and then Miami. Uh, so I, I, I like that he's battle tested. He's a three year starter, right? And if he can, needed, he could step in.
1: And he's shown that he can play in two systems, and that's something that gets overlooked a lot too. Um, when you're drafting somebody, coach ability and just like how quick can they pick up the playbook? How quick can they not only learn it but also add their own spin to it so that they can be more effective? Um, so when you have a guy that played. Really well in two different systems like that, it points to okay, this is a smart athlete. This is somebody we're going to be able to coach. This is somebody we're going to be able to develop, take in the later round, like we took them in the sixth round, and maybe push it down the line. And maybe you'll have somebody that can fill in in a year or two, maybe yeah. three. Um, but no, I, overall I like the pick. And then didn't we take a safety next or something?
0: Yeah, we took a. It's easy, he's he like kind of a hybrid safety DB. His name's Trey Norwood from Oklahoma. Right. I watched him play a lot, and I'm sure a lot of people watched him play a lot because he obviously in Oklahoma you're on the big stage a lot there in the college football playoff a lot. Um, I did see he gets picked on a lot, right? Like mm. he got picked, on. he got like waxed a lot, right? <laughs> but then he also made a lot of good plays. He's fairly physical, but he's not all that big. He's not that big, but he is physical, so he plays hard. He's so experienced. I mean, I think he's a four-year starter at Oklahoma. Um, so he's not going to get fooled too, too much. Like, he's very experienced. When he does get beat, he just gets flat out beat. He's not going to be where he just gets fooled and looks lost, right? Right. I think you saw a lot of that with Artie Burns. Artie Burns had a lot more of the talent, less of the experience. Mm-hmm. But now you look at Trey Norwood, a little bit less talent, not as fast and not as long as, as an Artie Burns, but more experienced. So he's going to look significantly less lost yeah for lack yeah. of a better term <laughs> you know
1: yeah that that's solid you know and you're not looking as lost especially I mean, in the nfl
0: yeah yeah i think he's i think he's going to be able to compete you know and i think that's that's what you're asking for from a guy seventh round he's not going to step in and start Mm-mm. i don't care what you say he, he might get some playing time most likely not a lot special teams for sure yep um going to have time to, to to build up to the game speed and stuff like that and uh, i think he'll be fine i think he'll be a good nice depth piece for the next couple years yeah i think so too you're not drafting everyone to be a 15 year starter i think he'll be nice for the next four or five years who knows mm-hmm. um all right how about round seven number 254th overall we drafted the biggest punter i've ever seen in my life presley harvin the third out of georgia tech this guy is a unit He's- i don't Huge. I don't want to like do him any injustice, so you guys need to go out and look at his highlights himself. I can't even describe it. This dude is huge. I think Loki. we just wanted to draft another linebacker, but we didn't want to make it look like we drafted another linebacker. <laughs> I mean, worst comes to worst, if we need someone to fill in, I think he could. Hey, All I'm saying is if Devin Bush ball. tears another ACL, I know who we can put back there. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Um, he's a big guy. He does boot the ball really well. I don't mm. know even know who our punter is. I don't know if that's a position of need. But, hey, if they looked at the draft board and said, we don't see a lot of value elsewhere, look, well, do, go mean, for it.
1: Remember when Jordan Berry punted that one ball last year that went maybe a net of 13 yards? Is that who our punter still is?
0: Yeah. Seems like he's been the putter for like 10 years, so I'm fine with moving on yeah, if, see, if we choose to move on. Plus, I'm guessing. He had like two or three punts last year that literally, literally went straight up in the air. Yeah, I'm guessing this Presley Harvin's probably a little cheaper too, so I'm on board with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Overall, okay, so let's go through and give draft grades to each of the picks. First of all, overall, the Steelers, I would give them a B plus. I'd say it's a B to a B plus draft. I think I think it's a B plus. Um I love the pick of Harris. I like Firmuth. I like I like the first four picks. I wish we could have got a better offensive lineman. I like the two linemen. They're experienced, but it would have been nice to see us get maybe trade up into the early second round because mm-hmm. um, we had number 55 overall. I would have liked to see us maybe trade that that later third-round pick where we got ended up getting Kendrick Green, that number 87 overall. Trade that, maybe a package um, to try to trade up into the early second round, maybe get a Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame um, who ended up getting taken by the Dolphins. I would have liked to see them try to trade up for one of those Slightly bigger name, offensive lineman. But outside of that, I, I like the picks. I yeah. really do. Maybe go in corner earlier. I'm not sure depth inside linebackers are really what we needed fourth round. I'm thinking maybe a DB would have been a little better there. Mm. Um, and then maybe go inside linebacker. Just kind of flip the flip the Norwood and the Buddy Johnson pick. Uh, obviously, would we'll not take Norwood in the fourth round, but take a DB earlier. And then uh, maybe go with a depth linebacker later. But... Uh, that, that, at that point, that's just nitpicking. I think overall it was a good draft. Yeah, um, I'll give it a B to a B plus. Um, what do you think about the Najee pick in specific?
1: I really like the Najee pick. You know, I was hoping Trevor Lawrence would fall to us and maybe like the <laughs> fifth round or something, but yeah, I guess yeah. I guess he didn't get to the fifth round. Somebody told me he went first, but um, Najee Harris, I really like that pick. Yeah, um, I think he's a guy that fits the system. You know, it's uh, going to be a younger offensive line now, right? And, and we're kind of rebuilding that O line a little bit. But he's the type of uh, running back that, you know, he, even if the offensive line isn't where it needs to be, he's strong enough and powerful enough to run people over and create space and create holes. Um, he's really good. I like that pick. And then I really like the uh, Pat Friar-Muth
0: pick. I, I like that pick as well. Like when I talked about trading up. That's not me banging on the second round pick, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like we should have taken him uh, in alignment instead of Fremuth. I think we should have picked, traded up in addition to Fremuth. Yep. So I think I love the Pat Fremuth pick. Like I said, he's physical. I'd give that an I'd give that an A. I give that Najee pick an A plus. Mm-hmm. I think you you fulfilled a position of need with the best player of that position. Right. What more? I mean, what more could you ask for? The value of that pick is really really good. It is. Um, the Fremuth pick I give probably an A minus, right? Because it's not quite as good as the Najee pick. And we do have a tight end, Ebron, whether you like him or not. So some could argue that maybe Freemuth wasn't worth a second. I think he was. I think he's really physical and someone that you can build on um, going forward in the future. And think about when Ben was also at his best, who did he have to throw to? Another big tight end. What was his name? Um, Heath Miller. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That guy. Maybe, you know, like probably (laughs) the best Steelers tight end of all time, maybe. Yeah. So uh, not a bad idea to go out and get another big tight end. And then uh, what do you think about the next two picks? We'll just kind of group them together, the two linemen.
1: Um, I'd say overall I'll give that a, a B plus. Yeah, I'd say – I, I, I yeah. they were the best linemen available at the time. We took them, um, and we filled a position in need. It's not who I would have really wanted to pick, but I'm not mad that we picked them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm happy with what we got at where we got it, but I'm saying there were some better options.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh – I think, I think a solid B would be good. At yeah. the end of the day, they are third-round linemen. You're not going to sit here and bank on them being you know, Pro Bowls, but I think they will be serviceable pieces. I think they'll be decent NFL starters for the next uh, five, six-plus years. You know, I think so, too. All right, how about uh, the linebacker from A&M? What do you think about that one?
1: I'll give it a C. I didn't really think we needed a linebacker there. I'm not upset with the pick because I do think he can be beneficial to us. But not really. I would say our most glaring need at the time, um, go out pick up a linebacker. Fine, I, I, it, C is an average.
0: People forget yeah. that C is a, C is average. Yeah, it's, it's an like, average well, I, pick. You're I'll, not going to hit C. a plus on every pick. No. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go C. I think right in the middle. Not a C plus. Not a minus. just right in the middle of a, a C. Um, like I said earlier, I think a DB would have been a better pick there. You lose Steven Nelson. Um, you're gonna have Justin Lane coming up to to start. We drafted him what last year, two years ago. He was supposed to be developmental, so hopefully he he'll, he'll be ready to start. So like, um, so like a guy like Isaiah Loudermilk. What do you what do you give that pick? So like, I'll give that a B minus. I I like that because Hayward is aging, mm-hmm. so you're gonna need some big bodies in the middle. And people, I think the d- defensive tackle is very undervalued nowadays. Um, you look at the top rushers, you know, you're talking Aaron Donald, you're talking J.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt. Those are five, four of the best 15 pass rushers in the league right yeah. there. And, you know, they're interior linemen. So, I think it's a very underrated position. I'm Not a bad idea to have depth there either. Those guys get winded pretty quick. Right. Alright, how about Quincy Roche? Not bad. I think he needs time to develop. I'm not sure you needed an edge rusher, but it is the sixth round. Depth is always good. Take best available, yeah, really. Yeah, is If they, if, they, if, they, if he was the best available on their board, that's fine. Um,
1: and then moving down to the safety,
0: Trey Norwood out of Oklahoma. What do you give that pick? I think that's a B minus. I I'm kind of surprised to see him there in the seventh round. Like I said, I know he got cooked a lot. He's experienced. He's fairly fundamentally sound. He's got long arms. He makes plays on the ball. I, I like the pick. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think it's a good, the value of the pick, right? I think he. I valued him as more of an early sixth, maybe fifth round pick to get him in the seventh, late seventh. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the punter to cap things off, Presley. Give it a C, and it's average. It's a a punter is not going to be. You're not. I'm not going to give a, a an A grade I'm or gonna, a B grade to a punter.
1: I'm going to go C minus. The end of the day, it's an average pick. C minus. Here, here's why. Yes, it's an average pick. It's a punter. It's not really going to win or lose you games, right? Yeah. Um. So, average. I'll give that a C. All right. Now, here's where the minus comes in. If you're the Steelers here, and you're looking, and it's your last pick, and you probably still know you have a couple needs you need fulfilled, right? Yeah. Like you probably still know, like, all right, maybe we should take like a low end corner, like the best corner that's available right now. Yeah. Maybe build them up, give them a couple of seasons to develop.
0: Or another lineman or something. Right.
1: And, and, but then you go out and you pick a a pick a punter. You know what I mean? It's like you could sign any punter. You you could have easily not picked him and then signed him after the fact as a free agent and didn't yeah. have to waste a draft pick on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's see
0: who they did sign after because they did sign some people. Um, okay, so they signed. They did go out and get a DB. Like we said, they signed Shakur Brown from Michigan State. Um, I don't know anything about him. They signed Calvin Bundage, linebacker, Oklahoma State. know nothing about him. Uh, Rico Bussy, wide receiver from Hawaii. I mean, it's never a bad idea to they add. I think you should add a wide receiver every draft, pretty much, mm-hmm. or every like you know draft free agent signing type of thing. It's never a bad idea to have depth. You kind of cycle through the bottom guys pretty quick. So mm-hmm. they went
1: out and signed Roland Rivers too. Roland Rivers, in third from Slippery Rock, as a quarterback. I like it. I do. He played really well in the Peace Act yeah, Division did. too. Um, he'll be a serviceable backup, most likely. Honestly, I'd rather him play than uh than uh, this guy named Duck Hodges. Well, yeah, Duck Hodges. Is, he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah,
0: where would he go? He, we just left him, man. We just said like we just yeah. I think he ended up signing somewhere. Really? Um, That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Mark Gilbert, DB out of Duke, signed him. I like that. I I do no, know he uh, he played quite a bit there, so he'll be experienced. Um, Isaiah. McCoy from Kent State, wide receiver. They seem to find these receivers. You know, like Deontay Johnson, Dre Archer from the through the weirdest divisions, yeah. the Mac. So I don't mind it. The Macs. Donovan Steiner from Florida. It's an SEC player. He's proven. Give him a shot. Um, and then Jamar Watson, linebacker, Kentucky. Do you remember seeing him at all? Mm, I've heard the name, but I don't really remember yeah. watching him play all that much. I don't think he really started. Yeah, He was more that, of a, a cycling like rotational, kind of guy. Rotational yeah. piece. That's fine. Need depth. Uh, the majority of these guys won't make the team anyway, so I mean, yeah. it's never a bad idea to sign him. Uh, and then I like this signing Lamont Wade from Penn State. Hometown guy went to Clareton. Um, I, I really like that pick a lot. He's physical. I'm actually surprised he didn't get drafted. It actually shocked me a lot that he didn't get drafted. He's a physical um, safety. While we're on that topic, you know who else didn't get drafted that surprised me? If you tell me Paris Ford, I'm going to be upset. Paris Ford. Did he sign
1: anywhere? He signed uh, with um, the Rams. But he he was never drafted.
0: They just got the steal of the draft. They just got the steal of the undrafted free agent signings.
1: Yeah. I was really wishing the Steelers would maybe go out and grab him.
0: You look at... So I think it's the... I don't know what no the Thorpe Award is for the best cover corner. I don't remember what the award for for the college uh, for college football for the best safety is. Paris Ford was never up for it, but I remember seeing to like a Twitter post or whatever where you can like vote for like the top safety or whatever. Yeah, well, those and Twitter it's showing balls. yeah, and it's showing all the stats of the people of all the uh, the people that are up for to be voted on, right? And then I'm like, huh. Cause I knew Paris Ford played really well, and I was like, "Huh, why is he not?" This was 2020, like the last—not this past season, but the season before. I was like, "Huh, why is he not up there?" And I go to look at his stats. He had better stats. I'm not kidding. In every single category—tackles, tackles for loss, interceptions, pass breakups—than every single person on the on the award list. Swear to God, <laughs> couldn't make it up. I was like, how is that possible? I think the Rams just got to steal the draft. See, that's what makes me mad about our us taking
1: the punter and the You're telling me Paris Ford was still available and you have a
0: you have needs for for a safety, right? You went and got that safety. Clearly you get Trey, you get Norwood. Trey Norwood, who's a hybrid, and then you go out and sign Lamont Wade, who's a safety. Right. You're like, dude,
1: you could have had Paris Ford, man.
0: Yeah, I think Paris Ford's a better safety than Lamont Wade. I do like the Lamont Wade signing. I think he will actually stay with the team for a, a decent Um, amount of time i i I like him a lot but i think i think paris ford's a, a better he's a better prospect in general i think he's a i think i project him better at the next level for sure right so let's get to the other teams in the draft right who let's do some winners and losers yeah so first of all i think miami drafted extremely well I could not agree more. Jalen Waddle, I think, is a home run pick. I think you're going to look up in a couple years, and you're going to be like, wow, that guy's really good. He reminds me a lot of Tyreek Hill.
1: If Miami doesn't win now, they know they're a quarterback away. Go
0: get rid of Tua and go get somebody that will work,
1: because this team they have should be a
0: Super Bowl contending team. And they go out and get Jalen Phillips, who was my top-graded edge rusher in the draft. Uh, This guy, first of all, number one recruit out of high school, was one of the best talents on his team in college. He's been really, really productive at every level, and um, he. I think he was either hurt or opted out this past year. He didn't play a, a ton, so people weren't talking about him a lot. I love that um, that pickup for for Miami in the late first round there. Yep. Their first round, they crushed, and I'm like, well, so what are they gonna do in the second round? They, they got, go out and like get Javon get Holland from Oregon. Javon Holland, who was my second graded safety behind Travon Morick, who ended up taking a massive fall in the draft. Yep. And then Liam Eichenberg, who I think outside of the top. Three tackles. So you had um, Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater, who could be guard tackle, and then Dara Saw, who could be guard tackle, and Vera Tucker, who could be guard tackle. Mm-hmm. Pure tackle, I think um, Liam Eichenberg was the second best player. Yep. Or the second best tackle behind Sewell. Pure tackle. I think he's the fourth best pure offensive lineman in the draft.
1: Also comes from a very good offensive lineman school like Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. I think the Dolphins crushed it
1: and then and then it wasn't enough right because then they go into the third round and they pick up hunter long from boston
0: college i him him with Gasicki, him and Gasicki are going to be it's crazy. a really really good tight end room now that's instantly probably a top 10 tight end room in the league mm-hmm. absolutely and you combine that with jalen Waddle, Devonte parker will fuller preston williams on the outside yeah i think they so did they end up getting a running back as well let me look i'm going here now um They didn't have
1: any picks
0: in Miami the Miami Dolphins. Yet. Let's see. Okay, so their draft class, they didn't Oh, they ended up getting a running back out of Cincinnati, Jared Dokes. He was their last pick. I don't know, it doesn't say the um when. Uh, I like that a lot cuz I think they need a they need a running back. Let's see if they got anyone else here undrafted wise. Yeah, they got a couple people undrafted. No one that I really noticed. Um,
1: no, yeah, but I think they're definitely a draft. I would say they won the draft if you could take it one team. Either I mean, Jacksonville drafted really well, too, though. Yeah. Um, with Obviously, you know they were going for Trevor Lawrence. That wasn't a surprise to anybody. But then they go and they get
0: ETN. They fill that running back need yeah. and keep him with Trevor Lawrence. So I would say that it wasn't necessarily a need. People are sitting here. But I like the pick. So yeah. people are banging that pick. They're saying, well, they already have um, James Robinson, who was an undrafted last year and, and put up 1,000 yards, was a top rusher in the league as an undrafted rookie last year. That's great. But when in football has the bell cow thing been successful? When has having one back been successful? It hasn't. No. That back wears down. McCaffrey's a one back. That's a one back offense. Have they won anything? No. He's a good back. Not, don't get me wrong. He's a good back. But they're not competing for championships. Nope. The Chiefs, they they, they compete for championships. They don't have a feature back. Mm-mm. The Bucks don't have a feature back. They have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And they had Shady McCoy. You look at all these backfields, of these people that are competing. You look at the Browns, have a really good roster, have running back by committee. So I don't think uh, for the value of that pick, that's a really, really good, that's a good slot, period. And you have the familiarity of
1: Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne together, both coming into a new system with a new coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's another thing. Urban Meyer, how well is he going to work with Travis Etienne? I think it's going to be great. You know, you have a really young guy, a rookie, coming fresh out of, I'd say, the second best running back in the draft. And he comes out to possibly the greatest college coach of all time, probably behind Saban.
0: Yeah, Urban is a top, top three college coach, yeah. for
1: sure. For sure. So, I mean, I, I really like the pick. But we're going to do something here. It's who do we think will work
0: and not work out of, you know, the quarterbacks from the draft? Yeah. Okay, so let's start with Trevor Lawrence, and we're we're going to describe the definition to which we think that they are going to work, right? Because um, some of these guys, like like Mac Jones, we have him in the work category. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle, right? Fields, it could be somewhere in the middle, right? I think Trevor Lawrence works. And by definition of work, I think, so they won one game last year. They were 1-15. Obviously, you had another game, so um, they have 17 games now, I think. So what, that would be, they'd be, what, 1-16, but they won't be. They're going to be minimum an eight win team, I think. Mm-hmm. I think with Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, they added a lot of pieces. They have so much money for free agents and they've used some of it. That's a that's it automatically a seven to eight win team. So autom- like off the rip, I think Trevor Lawrence is a four thousand yards. Twa so Herbert set the rookie record with thirty one touchdown passes last year. I think you're looking at about 30 for Trevor Lawrence. I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks it, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is right there at 30. Mm-hmm. I think he works. I think within the next five years, you're going to be seeing him in the AFC Championship or some sort of big playoff game. I think he's very soon going to be getting that team to a 10-win team. Yep. Um, let's go to the second quarterback taken, Zach Wilson, to the Jets. We have him in the not-work category. Um, I just I don't see it. I just don't see it. I get that he's got the arm, and people are like, "Oh, he's Aaron Rodgers," and I'm like, "Okay, but Jake Cutler had an arm too." And and here's the
1: thing that really scares me with him. I sent this to you earlier. Zach Wilson's stats against teams that have won ten or more games.
0: He's what? Oh, and
1: seven. Oh, and five. 0 and five with one touchdown and seven, seven interceptions. Picks. Yeah. Seven picks, yeah. one touchdown. He's completing
0: slightly over 60% of his throws in those games, like, what, 61.2? Yep, and Colin Coward has a
1: quote here on this post. He has shown the ability to dominate garbage. Garbage does not exist in the AFC East.
0: It really doesn't, and you look at the, the coaches he's going to be facing, Flores, Belichick, and McDermott, those defenses, he's going to get swallowed alive. Now, I do like that the... The Jets went out and got Elijah Veritalker, who I think was he was my th- third graded lineman on the board. I think he's really good. Um, I like that pick. They're protecting him a little bit, and they've gotten some him some weapons. I just don't I don't see it. I okay. don't see it.
1: Here's something that's interesting to look at. He's too. small. Is yeah. he not small? I, I was gonna say this. Okay. He There's an eye test to a certain extent. When you look at at somebody at the draft, and they look out of place. You can kind of tell that's what their career is going to look like, too. Yeah. Very mm, very seldom do you see somebody that is small, looks underdeveloped, maybe doesn't even look all that competitive, makes him look a little shy in the room like he did, yeah. and then they end up glowing and shining and, and having a crazy, insane career. I mean, that's just...
0: I like, saw Zach
1: Wilson on the stage. I'm like, okay, he looks fifteen. He, That's he my just first looked thought. Uncomfortable. One, he looks like he shouldn't even be drinking a beer yet. Okay. He looks under if I was working at a gas station, he came in and tried to buy a beer, I would card him.
0: Absolutely. He's he looks <laughs> and I would just look at it. He doesn't look like he's ready to play in the NFL.
1: So there's that and then there's the video of him like standing for the picture with like Trey Lance and like yeah, yeah. Trevor Lord. Like they're all standing there. Justin Fields. Yeah. And he's like looking around, he's like uh I don't belong here is what is like what I'm looking at like, on his face wrong. and he
0: doesn't I don't think I just don't I just don't see it you know he he makes a lot of very eh throws. people say his arm strength this and arm strength that against air I see him under throw a lot of balls when I'm watching him on film like a lot and it, look, he couldn't beat coastal carolina I get that he's got talent, but... I think you're going to beat the Dolphins? I'm sorry, but if... And people are like, well, what about Josh Allen? Well, Josh Allen dominated people. At Wyoming, even though he might not have won every game and he might not have done this and that... Against the good teams, Josh Allen looked like a man against boys. And
1: you know what else? Period. Josh Allen, you know, had some facial hair at the draft. He, Josh Allen's a big dude. He, he looked 23, 24. He didn't he's look guy. 17. He didn't look like he's starting for his high school team. No, he looked like an NFL quarterback coming into the draft. Big legs, big arms. Just the dude was is, – is, he's huge. I'm not saying you have to be huge to be successful. I mean, look at Kyler Murray. He's a great quarterback. He's a smaller guy. But even Kyler – Just like has a different way about it. I don't know. It's just something that I feel from looking at Zach Wilson. I don't think he's going to work. I just, I don't see it. Um, How about Trey Lance? Trey Lance, I think, will work. Uh, That system with Kyle Shanahan out in San Fran, I think, is going to be great for him.
0: So let's look at. Have they have they lost any major pieces from that Super Bowl team no. when they went to the Super Bowl against KC? Not much. Not no. really. Like Sherman, maybe uh, is he? I think he, Richard Sherman. I think he's going to go elsewhere. I'm not sure though.
1: Yeah, but he's so old at this point.
0: Yeah, it's, you, you're not. They didn't lose a lot of pieces, so he's basically walking into like a Super Bowl ready team. He just has to plug in. I think. I think you start. So what do you think they do with Garoppolo and him? I think you start Garoppolo. You
1: start Garoppolo for the first couple of weeks and maybe. Put in Trey Lance in the
0: back couple of quarters for the first few games and see how he does. I think, you know, once he starts getting around seven, seven, eight weeks, you know, he's in the offense for a while. He plays a little bit, plays preseason. I think around week eight, week nine, we're going to do a segment coming up, you know, not not today's show, but uh, in a week or not even in a week, probably closer to when the season starts. Once the schedule comes out, predicting when – these quarterbacks will make their first start, like we did last year. Obviously, yeah. it's easy. Lawrence and Wilson will be the the week one, but then you start getting into Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. Are they gonna you know sit behind Cam and Andy Dalton and Garoppolo? So we'll we'll get into that right. closer this season. But I I think he works. He's a physical dude. He's huge. He's huge. Yeah. Well, um, just a little side note here. How about Kellen Mond to the Vikings second round? Okay, I was surprised by it. I. Don't think it's going to work, though. See, let's talk about the pick for a second. I think it's the Vikings sending a message to Kirk Cousins that says, hey, man, your time is running up. Kellen Mond is the polar opposite of everything Kirk Cousins is. Kellen Mond's a risk taker, a mobile guy. Um, You know, likes to run a lot and uh, was going to push the ball downfield frequently. Has played in the big game. Let's look at Kirk Cousins. Very safe. Conservative. Doesn't move a lot, kind of a weaker arm. Doesn't play well in a lot of big games. Like Kellen Mond is the polar opposite of what a Kirk Cousins is, and Kirk Cousins is expensive. And they only got to pay him for a couple more years. You could develop Mond while you get to finish out Kirk's contract. Then boom, you got Mond on a rookie contract. After that, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a bad move. I don't think he works. I don't. I don't like Kellen Mond as a prospect. I think he's about the 7th best quarterback in this draft. I think it is kind of, to
1: an extent, lighting a fire under Kirk Cousins, trying to get him going. I just don't I, think it I works. I don't like it because, look, Kirk Cousins is a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think you could win a lot of games with Kirk look, Cousins. Look, and if, if Kirk can't win you the games with that team, what makes you think Kellen Mond's going to be able to come in and, and win those games? Like, yes, I get it. He's a risk taker. He's different. He's it, Almost in every facet of the game, he's different. But, I mean, you have so, Kirk Cousins is a very good, consistent quarterback. We've talked about yeah, that a does. lot on the show, especially last season. When you look at his numbers; they've been really good. Yeah. So if you're going to tell me that an unproven rookie is going to walk in here, second round pick, come in and try to you know shake things up in the Vikings franchise, I'm going to tell you you're crazy. I don't like to. I don't like it at
0: all. I don't think it's going to work. Mm, we'll see. Um, all right. How about Mac Jones going to the Patriots at 15? First of all, I love the I love the pick from the Patriots. I think um, it's a guy that you can develop a little bit, but he's also kind of ready now. The only reason he'll need some a little bit of time is just because that system is complicated. Mm. I think he's going to be... I don't, see, we have him in the work category because I think to an extent it does work, and let me explain to you why. So Joel Klatt, very, very good analyst, especially college football and, and the transition from college to pro. Highlighted something very good. So think about when Brady was at his best. Okay. It wasn't when he was slinging the ball downfield. It wasn't when he was doing all this and all that, right? It was... And Think about the thing that irritated you most when you played Brady. The checkdowns. Yes, and then the checkdowns lends you to the word surgical. Yep. When he would march you down the field, that was a surgical performance. Mac Jones gives you a lot of that same feeling. He's accurate, gets the ball out on time. Look, he might not be the best playmaker in the draft, but they don't need a playmaker. They need someone to hit their back foot, get the ball out on time, get the ball where it needs to go accurately. He is the best quarterback, according to ball placement from Pro Football Focus, ball placement to help yards after the catch. Mac Jones is the best quarterback in the draft, according to ball placement, Mm -hmm. putting the ball out in front of his receivers, leading them into windows. That's what – that's what – Bill Belichick needs. He needs a quarterback to hit the back foot, hit that third step, get the ball out on time, get the ball where it needs to go, limit mistakes, and be surgical. That's exactly what Mac Jones is. That's exactly what Mac Jones is. Okay. I have a differing opinion on this. Two things.
1: One, did you see how... Okay, a couple things. One, did you see how gloomy it looked for him in, in New England when he showed up? It almost seemed Uncomfortable. He seemed uncomfortable, but that there's a video of him meeting Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick. It seems like you know the feeling when you don't see your grandparents for probably about a year or two, and you feel y- kind of guilty come back, about it. No, no, no. Like you get you see them again, and they're just like kind of like and you like feel off around them. you know they're older yeah. you don't really like you don't connect with them, with them as them. much and yeah. you're just like yeah this is a great great place yeah, I feel like it's you get right? that around like 14 you get that
0: so you go like said you go to their house for like christmas at when you're 14 right Yeah. and then you don't go back to like The following, like I don't know, next like Easter the next year, right? Yeah. And like you know, you make that change. You you somehow in your head transition, and then you're like, wow, it's like kind of weird. Like I don't really know what to talk about.
1: It looked like Mac Jones was walking into his great aunt's house on a holiday after he hasn't seen him for about four to five years. Is what it looked like. All right. So what's your point? It just doesn't feel comfortable. I mean, you look at like Najee Harris coming to Pittsburgh and him meeting Coach Tom, and 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 it's just like. He's mm. like, he's clicking. He's excited to get going. And then you look at the press conference that they had with Bill Belichick after the draft. And he's like, oh, well, Cam's our guy. And they were like, well, you just drafted Mac Jones. He's like, he's going to have to beat him. And he's like, so who are well, you going to... I, I he, like that, though. He's like, so who are you starting? And he's like... Cam. He's like, You start Cam right now. Cam. Yeah. He's like, he's going to
0: have to be better. And I was like, hmm. I like that, though. Because I like, am not, I'm, I don't want to make too many Brady comparisons, but Drew Bledsoe started over Brady. Right. Like, I, I, I like that Cam's going to start... And Cam's a really good mentor. People bang on Cam for being immature and all that. He's a really smart guy. He knows his football. He's a very respectable guy in the NFL. I think he's going to be good to to mentor Mac Jones a little bit. Obviously, their play styles aren't the same. But to help him along with the offense, with reads. Because in the NFL, safety rotations, in in, in college, safety rotations are very blatant, easy to see. In the NFL, everything's disguised. Mm-hmm. You could have a dude playing slot corner; he's going to rotate to be the to the the high safety on the wide side of the field. You have no idea what's going to happen. Right, right. So Cam Cam is going to be good with those little nuances of the game, shifting the line here, identifying the mic there, all that stuff. Um, the little things in the NFL that that you know these young quarterbacks need help translating. The
1: last thing I don't like about Mac Jones is the fact that he was the least pressured quarterback. In his time at Alabama, he never threw under pressure. If you go back and you look at all these highlights of him making these great throws, look at the pocket. There's not a defensive lineman without within 10 yards of him, ever, yeah. ever. And no, no, no. And he's passing to these receivers, and you're like, huh, okay. You go and you start watching the receiver she throws to, they have like 10 to 15 yards of separation. If you're a 15-year-old guy and you can throw a football, You could probably complete most of the passes that Mac Jones did in college because you can snap the ball. You can stand back there for 10 seconds. You can check your wristwatch, adjust your cup, move your pants around. Restrap your chin strap, and then you look up. The play still developing, and you're like, yeah, 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 and then you and then there's somebody wide open thirty yards away. Just throw it in the area. He'll catch it. Your numbers will go up. You'll get drafted by the Patriots. You'll turn out to be the biggest bust of all time. Bill Belichick will retire. That's what I predict.
0: All right. <laughs> I see. I'm on the other side. I think he's going to work. See, I, I get that you're saying the whole he wasn't under pressure thing. He's throwing to open receivers. Alabama That's quarterbacks
1: true. don't work too.
0: That's true. But I think you have to look at more than just. More than just college tape. You have to look at fit, right? And so, what does Bill Belichick develop better than anything else? Quarterbacks. No. Well, yes, quarterbacks, Brady. (laughs) But I'm talking uh, like a position group offensive line. That's true. So, we can sit here and say, well, Mac Jones wasn't pressured. I'm like, okay, well, he's not going to be pressured much. Yes, he was going to be pressured more than Alabama, obviously. Yeah, a lot more. Which I think that's part of the growth, like the the learning curve. I'm not saying that he's going to walk in and beat Tom Brady now, right? There's going to be a learning curve. But Bill Belichick develops offensive lines. Better than anyone almost in the league in history, so I don't think Mac Jones is going to be pressured a lot. Now I do worry about the tight windows he's going to have to throw in because that's yeah. opposed to him not throwing in a tight windows. Ever. But McDaniel's <laughs> is a genius. I think McDaniel's could could scheme open some guys. I don't hate the fit. Like I, I think it works to an extent. Uh, I do think he has a ceiling though. So is his ceiling high enough to get him a Super Bowl? I don't know. That's going to be we're going to have to see that. Yeah. We're going to see his development. Um and stuff like that. But I do think he works to an extent to to the point of, you know, once he becomes the full-time starter, I could easily see that being an 11-12 win team, depending on what they do in the future. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Justin Fields? I like it. I like him in
1: Chicago. Yeah? A lot, actually. Um, I think I think Chicago is probably the best scheme fit for for a Justin Fields. You know what I mean?
0: I think I, I think going along that, I'm not sure they have a scheme now that he perfectly fits, but I will say when Mitch Trubisky was winning, it was because he was mobile. I think what you mean by fit is that they need a playmaker, and he is 100% a playmaker. And he's electric, too. Yeah. He's going to bring energy. Yeah.
1: Especially to that bears team that looked let's be honest, really lazy just, the they, the just season. Don't,
0: they don't have any urgency when like a mitch trubisky no. starts or right? he provides excitement mm-hmm. yeah, so so what do you think they do with do you think they start Dalton mm,
1: I would start if i I would start fields, you know you have a great quarterback that you just drafted, you have an older guy like Eddie Dalton, you know maybe for week one start Andy Dalton and just kind of let him play behind and maybe. I think or I think have somebody to come in, but I I don't know I, I don't know, but definitely have if you're gonna start Justin Fields, have Andy Dalton ready to come in.
0: Yeah, I think I think you start Andy Dalton and then work Justin Fields in because he does have some. It's not that he has a, a major weakness; he can be inconsistent at times. This this whole narrative that he stares down his first receiver that was wrong. He doesn't. No. And he goes through his progressions just like any other quarterback in the draft. So. I don't agree with that, but I do think his footwork is inconsistent at times. And there are times where he doesn't put enough touch on the ball or will just flat-out miss a receiver. But those are just inconsistencies. I think he just needs to work with an NFL um, quarterback's coach, get his get his rhythm down, and uh, work with the system a little bit so he feels more comfortable, hit that back foot, get the ball out. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does. I think he works overall. I think I think that's a 10-win team with him on the field. Yeah. Which at that point, you're looking at a 10-win team that's 10-7. and That's most likely a playoff team nowadays. So, right. yeah. Um, is that everybody? Yeah, let's get to a break. And then uh, when we come back, a little bit of MLB, a little bit of Penguins, game time at the end. So it's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, uh, don't, we starting a new segment today with this game. Yeah, it's, up, uh, down, sideways. Up, down, sideways. So
0: don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss that. Hey, guys, it's Tim from The Issue. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out to my new favorite performance brand, Rep Sports, and in specific, Raise Energy. That's R-A-Z-E. Skip the sugary energy drinks that always have a crash. Go get some raise Energy, Zero Sugar, High in Amino Acids, get their pre-workout, some protein powder, hyper-sleep aids, and more. Anything you need to keep your body performing at its peak, you can find at repsports.com. We'll put the link down in the description for this episode. Use code TIMBO, that's T-I-M-B-O, for 15% off along with other benefits. Like I said, the link and the code will be in the description for this episode, so go check it out. Yo, what's up? We are back. Second segment. The issue here on a Sunday, beautiful day. Summer is in full full swing. Hey, hey we didn't we didn't tell them this yet, but eighty degrees. School's done now. Oh, feels episodes. good. Feels so good to be done. Summer. Like I said, in full swing, it's nice. It is very nice. Back to more episodes for the issue, right? uh, That's what it is.
1: Hammering out baseball this summer, getting you guys ready for the new NFL season, even NHL getting down to the stretch here. Last couple regular season games for the Penguins coming up. We'll talk
0: about that at the end of this segment, but um, let's Let's, start off. Yeah, start with the MLB, right? So how about just go through some of these standings, because we are wrong on a lot of them. (laughs) So we had the Yankees winning the AL East. Right now, the Red Sox are killing it. The Yankees are—they finally got back to got back to five hundred. They've won seven of the last ten. Um, they did start off terrible. They started off in like last place. Yeah. Um, Red Sox are killing it there, though. How about the Royals? I think they've been maybe the surprise of the league. They're sixteen and nine. Top to the AL Central. We had them at like the bottom of the division to start the season. I think. I think right, they were down there with the Tigers. I think is what we expected. Right. right. Yeah. Twins, we expected to be towards the top. They are not. They're terrible. Uh huh. Um, okay. How about? Oh man, the AL West. The A's at the top. So who do we have at the top? I think we had the Astros and then the A's. I think. Yeah. So it's just A's and then Astros, and then the bottom three are all abysmal to begin with. Uh, the Mariners, Angels, and Rangers. No one really cares about them. I think. Once the 162 shakes out, they're all going to be down there anyway, regardless yeah. of order. So, I think the Mariners have been a pleasant surprise, though. 15 and 13. I think nobody expected that. And
1: then you flip over to the NL, and the NL East is like the worst division in baseball. 13 and 4 leads the league. 13 kind of and feeling. 14. 13 yeah. and 14, my
0: bad. Wow, 13 yeah. and 4. and then the Nationals, 11 and 12. Mets, 10 and 11. Yeah. Abysmal. This Abysmal. Is a, None of them are above 500. None of them. No. And then the NL Central. That's where you start to get Milwaukee pulling away, seventeen and ten. Milwaukee's playing really well right now. So as of yesterday, they were six. They're six and zero against the Padres and the Dodgers, who are probably the two most talented rosters. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cardinals have been doing pretty decent. We expected that though. You had Nolan Arenado, you got Paul Goldschmidt, Jack Flaherty's a really good pitcher. Um, the Buckos are you know still hanging in there. I think we, ex- I didn't expect them to be even close to this close to five hundred. I expect them to be more like nine and 17 instead of 12 and 14, but Hey, good for them. Right. Exactly. Um, and then the cubbies are actually at the basement
1: 12 and 15, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, the pirates actually won their series with Chicago. Yeah. I think twice now, right? Yeah. They've won the only two series that they played against. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, that division is, I, I still don't see the pirates, you know, doing all that well this year. I think they're definitely surprising us with with twelve and fourteen, like you said,
0: which is crazy. Once, that's how bad they are. Though.
1: Yeah, the the twelve and fourteen impresses. Yeah,
0: um, and then the NL West though, San how Francisco about, on yeah, top. Yeah, so the Dodgers have lost two. Uh, they've they've won two of their last ten. Yeah, that's bad. They're two and eight in their last ten. San Diego's six and four. Starting to pick up the
1: pieces a little bit there.
0: Yeah, they are. They started out a little bit slow, but their schedule was brutal earlier in the year. They're starting to get a little bit easier teams, and they're starting to kind of starting to roll a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if you look up in a week and they're at the top of the division there.
1: Well, I mean, here's my thing with San Diego and and their start. Like, yeah, they might have started a little slow, but. I mean, you look around sports, it's not exactly how you start the season, it's how you finish. I mean, the Penguins started off like
0: 0-9 this year, and now yeah. they're at the top of the division in the NHL, and they're rolling into the first seed. Well, how about when the Nationals won the uh, World Series a couple of years ago, they were like 19-31 of the All-Star break. Right, right. So, I mean, it's the, you're right, it's not about how you start, it's how you finish.
1: Basically is why I'm calling the Pirates the World Series champions already. I mean, they're 12-14, and 14, they started slow, but they're going to finish Incorrect,
0: fast. I veto that. <laughs> All right, how about, how about let's go to some MVP races? Okay. Um, it's heating up. So I would say, let's see. Okay, here, here's a, here's a little, right now, Mike Trout's got my vote. He's unreal right now. He's unbelievable. I, I, let's look at Mike Trout's stats. I know he's got like eight home runs. He's hitting 429. You have his stats pulled up? Yep. He's hitting 429. His, what's his OPS? Oh, wait, here we go. Five twenty. s wait. His OPS is what eight fifteen. Uh huh. And his on base percentage is five twenty seven. This article has it as, as uh, four thirty one and five thirty eight. That dude's insane. Oh my god. Six home runs. I mean, I think he's got more now. That's that's just in that's incredible. How are the Angels so bad? Because Shohei Otani is in third place on this in this thing. He would yeah. be coming to third in the in the uh, AL MVP. He's been a monster. He's been hitting really well, and uh, he's been pitching actually pretty decent as well. So yes. uh, it hasn't been bad. How about let's go to the National League. I predicted Juan Soto. He hasn't been playing all that well, but who has been playing out of their mind. The top three of the National League is, no, the top five of the National League is insane. Let's start at five. Fernando Fernando Tatis. That dude is lightning in a bottle, and he's in fifth place. Yep. Justin Turner, a little bit of an older guy, hitting hitting the ball like I, I've never seen. The amount of hard-hit balls, I think he's got the highest barrel rate in the National League, absolutely clobbering the ball. He's in fourth place. How about Bryce Harper, who's already won an MVP. He's got a $330 million contract. You'd think he'd be getting some publicity. He would probably be at the top of the list. You know, he's batting... Well above three hundred, he's got six home runs, a lot of RBIs. His OPS is through the roof. Yep, he's in third place. And you're okay, how about Jacob Degrom, best best pitcher in the league, probably. <laughs> he's got to be in first place. He's got a point three ERA, point point three. That's video game. <laughs> that's video game. He's got fifty to three K to walk ratio, fifty to three strikeout to walk ratio. That's insane, and he's in second place because Ronald Acuna Junior is hitting the ball. Better than anyone in the league right now. He's hitting close to 450. He leads the league in home runs. His OPS is over 1. It's 1.23. Oh, my God. His slugging percentage is 7.76. He's only striking out at a career low 15.2%. Have a day. He's 23. Have a day. He's 23. That's the MVP right there.
1: It's got to be. It's got to
0: be. I would say Cy Young. If we're looking at Cy Youngs, I'd say you got to give it to Degrom if you're in the National League because you just can't not. And then who you give it to in the AL? I'm trying to think. Pro- Mike Trout, probably. Well, that's MVP. I'm talking Cy Young. Oh, now. Oh, oh,
1: okay. Yeah,
0: MVP. I'm giving it to okay yeah, yeah, and Trout. Yeah, yeah, Cy Young. I'm going Degrom in the NL and in the AL. AL let's see, huh? Let's look. Let's see. Who, let's see who's tearing it up in the AL. Let's see. Ah, uh, here we go. Mm. oh okay. um oh Cole's go lights Cole. Out. um how about that uh, Carlos Rodon though he's thrown he, he was one that threw the no-hitter and he um he's got a sub one era hmm wow that's pretty insane that is nice oh well, let's <laughs> see Contenders. Yo, here. Marcus Stroman has a one point eight four ERA. Yeah, the Mets. The Mets have a really good rotation, and they have good hitters. Yet somehow they still suck. Marcus Stroman, great. It's rapper. like it's like the Browns. The Browns are gonna brown. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's, you know, the Mets are gonna met. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. How are the Angels so bad? Dylan Bundy's an AL Cy Young candidate right now, for the for the Angels. How are they so bad? Uh, I don't get it. Yeah. But anyway, so I would say I would say right now, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber's up there as well, just because the the volume of people that he strikes out and the people he just makes look silly, it's got to account for something.
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but MLB is definitely looking. It's just getting hotter and hotter every day as we get into the season. Yeah. I think it's once you know all the other sports are basically out into their off seasons. I think that's when baseball really hit its stride around June, July. You know, yeah.
0: Um and I'm I'm here for it, man. I'm I'm so here for it. I love late summer baseball; it's the best. I can't wait. Uh, but let's get into the Guinos a little bit, right? So they're playoff push. They
1: are running through the league right now. Like we, I remember talking when we had Crawford and Marfisi on. We kind of covered the the Penguins a little bit there at the end of the episode, and we were looking at their upcoming schedule. Right, we're like, oh, we, we play the Islanders and we play Boston and then we play the Capitals. Like, we're gonna have to like win most of the. They've won
0: almost all of. They've lost one game out of their last eight. So let's see. Yeah, they won yesterday. The day before, they won. They they lost Tuesday, but then they won Sunday. Before that, they won four games straight. Yeah, they've only lost. They've lost one. They've lost four games since the start of April. It's impressive, they've been rolling, yeah. And so, they, they they beat the Caps these past two games. Now, they go to Philly for two games, and then they get to come home and get the Sabres for two games to finish it off. So, that'll be nice, yeah. At the end of the year, almost like a break, <laughs> it, it <laughs> will the be. Sabres suck, yep. Um, the standings right now, our division is so tight. Listen to this
1: Penguins have 71 points, Capitals have 69 points, so they're a game back. Goals four, Pens 178, Caps 175. Goals against, Pens 142, Caps
0: 152. It's insane. I mean, this is like the same team. Yeah, I and mean, the Islanders are only two points behind the Caps. Yes, yeah, so And the Bruins a point behind them. I mean, so the Penguins,
1: the Capitals, and the Islanders have all clinched a spot in the playoffs. The Bruins are still battling out with the
0: Rangers for right now. So they take the top four teams? The top four teams from each division. Okay. Okay. Um, but the no, funny yeah, thing is the, the Bruins will get that the, the Rangers have to win out And the Bruins lose out
1: The funny thing is Even though there's only Four games left The Penguins could still Be in fourth place In the division By the time the season ends And it's very realistic
0: Yeah if the Bruins Like I said If the Bruins win a lot And the, and the Pens drop a couple It's definitely possible
1: for sure. And I mean, you can't tell me that the Pens are going to come out here and play their starters the whole time now. Would I, you I, I, would you if you, would you put your starters in and risk them maybe blocking a shot and taking it off the face and being out for the playoffs? You know, there's so many things that can happen in the game of hockey. Um, are you playing your starters today against the Cap or against the Flyers?
0: I would uh, Yeah, I would. I would say you got to play them against the Flyers these two games, then the Sabers the next two games, then you could start worrying about time off. Yeah. I think uh, the Flyers are in contention, you got to beat them. Are they in contention? No.
1: No, they're at no, the bottom. Flyers suck. They're mathematically eliminated. Yeah,
0: they are. Well, either way, I still think they they play you hard. I think you get you have to you got to beat the Flyers. It's almost a pride thing at that point as well. You play hard against the Flyers, then the Sabres, you can take some time off. Right. Uh, We're going to roll through the game here. Um,
1: It is called Up, Down, or Sideways. Basically, we read you a
0: sports take or
1: just a player in general. Yeah,
0: either team, player. Yeah, and then we'll we'll tell you if they're trending up, down, or if they're trending sideways. Yeah. Um, So we're
1: going to start things off. Wow, that's my bad.
0: We're going to go with the (laughs) Steelers. Um, Okay, Steelers, I would say trending up. Here's why. I like their draft a lot. I think they got better. I think they addressed a lot of positions of need. Ben took a pay cut this off season, put him in a better position to sign some free agents as well. Um, so you look at their problems last year. The issues was running game and Ben having to throw too much. And then, uh, as of last year, looking forward to this year, salary cap issues. They've solved all three of them. So I mean, if those are your three major needs going into the next season if you hit all three of them i don't see how you could say that they'd be trending anything other than up i agree with that um you have, a, you have a run game so ben doesn't have to throw all that much i'd say up what do you think definitely think up for the yeah. same reasons good yeah. draft
1: you have a running game now so now you have not a one-dimensional offense uh you can attack teams from from the ground and the air it's always a big plus uh that'll help get your receivers more open Probably a little less drop passes. A lot of good things follow when you get a running game. Yeah,
0: you get the defense so, some time off the field as well with yeah, a running game. I, I like that a lot. Right, how about the Buccos? So I would go with sideways. Sideways for sure. Here's, uh, so Organizationally speaking, lately they've been trending down like the last couple years. But they show a little bit of fight, right? So now you're thinking, okay, maybe Derek Shelton's the guy. Uh, maybe, they're, maybe they're getting some good young talent. I would say I would lean towards sideways, maybe down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, because they are still really bad, but they're consistently bad. So I guess sideways <laughs> as of now. Overall, though, they're consistently trending down. Right. And, and that's the sad thing uh, that comes up when you talk about
1: the Pirates, right? You're going to say, like, even if they're, even if they're like, at this point. Playing 500 baseball like right 500 now. Like 500 baseball. They're still trending sideways. or That'd be trending up and, for them. Well, I would yeah. say up if they were 500.
0: Yeah, for them. But I would still I would give them sideways just because they are under 500. They're still in fourth place. And they just have a severe lack of talent. Right. The guys that are performing now, it's like anomalies. Like you didn't expect Phillip Evans to come up and hit 400 for his first three weeks up. Right. So actually, let's segue right into that. Philip Evans, I would say he's trending down. He's the third baseman that's filling in for Cabrian Hayes. Started off hitting like 400. He's all the way down towards the Mendoza line. He's at 221 which is brutal. He was like, He's like two for his last like 40-something. It's absolutely abysmal to watch. Yeah. Um, and the whole team is abysmal to watch. So, yeah, he's trending down. Okay, what about the Penguins? Pittsburgh Penguins. Up, for sure. Yeah, like I said, I've only, they've only lost like three or four games since the start of April, and they've played like 20-something. Yeah. Or close to 20 games, only losing four of them. That's got to be trending up. You're in first place in the division. You just beat the Capitals to go into first place. And they just swept the Caps two games. And, and you get two really bad teams going forward i'm not sure what the Capitals' schedule is let's see what theirs is going forward
1: uh they play the the Sabers so and the flyers
0: no nah. the capitals have the rangers twice the okay. flyers twice and then the bruins wants to oh, finish it okay. off so their schedule's a little bit tougher than ours yeah um so i would say definitely trending up for the penguins for sure yep all right, how about Big Ben? Sideways. You think? you think sideways? Sideways, and this is
1: why. I mean, he's not getting better with the years, right? He's declining. Yeah. Um. So in that, he's at a net loss so far, right? If you're just yeah. looking at his age, his decline, net loss. But you get the addition of a running game and a good draft. That builds his stock up a little bit, yeah. right? So that's enough to at least get him back to even. I have him at sideways. He's getting older, but he has a running game. He could do some good things this year. Hopefully he takes care of himself in the off season, and comes back, but I have him sideways.
0: I'm with you on that one as well. I think sideways is perfect. Like I said, he's aging. So he's down a little bit, but then like you said, running game brings it back up. How about Polanco? Gregory Polanco.
1: Down, down, down. This yeah. guy could this
0: guy is on the Tower of Terror, straight falling into an abyss right now. Yeah he I don't can't know, hit a baseball. What so what happened to the Gregory Polanco that would lead off the game against Kershaw to snap Kershaw's forty nine game or forty nine inning Scoreless streak on Sunday Night Baseball. First pitch of the game, smashed one of the right. Like what happened to that Gregory Polanco? Yeah. Now he's hitting two twenty something. It's two sixteen now. Two sixteen, he's abysmal. Has never really been the best fielder, so he's not really making up for it there. That, His on base percentage is still so bad. His strikeout rate is poor. I still uh, remember that clip
1: of him in the field coming in for the fly ball. Oh, or, like, in stumbling. Chicago. That's yeah. in
0: Chicago. He yeah. looks like he. Got shot up with ketamine or something halfway through that. It was brutal. It looked like he was like his muscles stopped working. That was funny though. Um, how about Brian Rust? Uh Penguins forward
1: Brian Rust trending up, up, up. This yeah. guy could not be doing better right now. He scored two goals against the Caps last night. Um, absolutely, just demolishing the league right now. Yeah, um, he's playing really well. And the thing that I really like is he's doing it without the best guy on his line. Kenny Malkin's out still you yeah. hopefully back for the playoffs i think
0: he will be he, i think they're, they're expecting him to be it kind of reminds me of almost like a load management thing where they're like mm-hmm. he could be ready now but like why rush him back right you know have him skate practice do all that maybe bring him back like the last game of the year play limited minutes then playoffs
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean he's brian russ is out there without the without the top guy on his on his line so he now is the top guy so he's, he's adopting guy. and the top dog and he has taken it perfectly, and, and that's something that I am just going to talk about the Penguins real quick here because that wraps up our game. We don't have like the Penguins are a very good team, and they give me a lot of hope for the future. And here is why: they have so many younger guys and young stars that are showing they can carry the load. You have a Jake Gensel, you have Brian Rust, um, even Zach Ashton, Reese. Like these guys are younger; they're tw- they're twenty four through I think twenty eight. Brian Dumoulin's like the oldest one; he's twenty eight
0: yeah these guys are all high um, energy guys too is that's something that comes to mind when you start reading these names out the first thing I think of is these guys are high effort high energy guys that that's who you want to build around right. Brian Russ never stops no. that dude just just go 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 near just against all it. effort all effort mm-hmm. so it, it's it's awesome to see I like where the penguins are going the penguins in general trending up. Brian Ross trending up for sure. Playoff starting pretty soon. Yeah, we're actually going to have someone on to talk about the Penguins that knows way more than us um, coming up here soon, so that'll be good. Yeah, we'll get him on the show. And uh, give you guys a little bit more Guino insight. So, yeah. But for now, that's about everything we have to cover from today. So if you're just starting to listen,
1: dude, it's the end of the episode, so figure it out. But go back. back. Listen, we had a good episode. Um, We covered the Steelers draft, NFL draft in general, uh, ran through some MLB stuff. Uh we've Guinos figured out big game. Exactly. Um I figured out who will work and who will not work. Yeah, in, in the NFL quarterbacks wise from yeah. this draft. Uh so pretty good episode. Go back, listen, uh let us know what you think. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and on Twitter at the issue podcast. Uh guys, thanks for hanging out. That was the issue.